0: So I am joined today by my friend and colleague, Rebecca Love, and we're going to talk about some topics that I get asked about a lot, topics that I think a lot about, and honestly, topics I talk a lot about in therapy. And that really centers around the persona that we create and use on social media platforms, the power and privilege and pressure that comes with being so vocal on social media and other outlets. And then the imposter syndrome that creeps in. And that happens, I think, to all of us. I know it happens to me. And I'm going to talk with Rebecca about how these things affect her, if they affect her, and how. And hopefully we're going to have a frank conversation about these topics. Because I again I know I get asked a lot about it from nursing colleagues, especially and I think these are important things to talk about. All right, Rebecca, thanks for uh, talking with me. I'm looking forward to
1: it. Me too, Mary. And I know this is going to be a really real conversation. And I know we've been talking about it uh, for a while now. And I think it's just the right time for us to start having this conversation on a larger network.
0: I do too. I mean, I don't know about you, but I get asked about these topics. Pretty regularly. And I try and be honest, but I don't want to scare people away, especially students. Um, But I think, like you said, it's about time we start talking about these things and sort of putting it out there because I'm sure we're not the only two thinking
1: about these areas. A hundred percent. And I think the truth is, is that we joke a lot, you know, that we're trying to figure it out as we go. We build the plane as we fly it, which is a hundred percent true. And then the whole idea of what perception becomes reality is something that I know we're, we're trying to live, but then dealing with our own emotions of, Hey, are we really the ones that should be doing this? And there isn't a playbook to what we're trying to build, which, uh, and I, I know we joke that, you know, if somebody, t- we, we often do the opposite of what, of what people tell us, because we go with our gut on how to stand things up. Right. So this is, this is going to be a good conversation.
0: Well, and that's what innovators do, right? Like there there's no playbook. You're just going with what you think is the best path forward and hoping to lay a good foundation. And absolutely yeah, I am a huge fan of yours and I think the foundation you're laying for nursing is, you know. Right up there, so I appreciate oh, you having right. this conversation, my friend. Well, through it without
1: you, are you kidding? And we're all trying it, right? Like the truth yeah. is, the playbook that was written for nursing was something that you know was constrived in a very unique and uh, dedicated path of what you were supposed to follow as a nurse. And there was a group of us that just said, "Hey, you know, I I don't think I really fit that mold." And then when we tried to break from it, we recognized we felt even more isolated in doing so. And it was when we found each other that we said, "Okay, like if there's if you're feeling this way, then perhaps there's more." And I think that's what we went on to build was trying to find that community of us who said, we see a different future for nursing. And more importantly, we see something different for ourselves and what the traditional roles always played out for with regards to the profession.
0: Yeah. And I think that's where it leads into the conversation we want to have today, right? Like we had to build our own selves as leaders in this space. And in doing so, at least I'll speak for myself, created this persona of Marion Leary innovator, nurse innovator, leader, whatever you want to put in there, that is me, is part me, but is also, you know, I don't know that my family would recognize that, Marion Leary, that the persona that I put on social media. Um, And so I think it's really interesting. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you see yourself Uh, Apart from social media, but then also how you created the person you are on social media, because again, I am, I think I'm slightly different on social media than I am in real life, but not 100%. And
1: there's, there's, you know, it blends hundred percent. And I think you hit such a good point on that, Marion, which is, I wonder if our families would recognize us. And I I don't think they would. Uh, They do because they recognize that we're strong, independent. You know, we probably at home are equally as um, fiery on topics uh, that, you know, we feel strongly about. I would think that, you know, but the thing is that I don't think people know, right, is you and I have both been married for long times. We both have kids, um, but we're not out there talking about being, you know, a a mother and a woman with kids uh, trying to navigate nursing. Like, I think what we've done and what I found being very interesting on social media is I think that. Social media, in a way, for me, has been about action, right? It's a way to take action and be, an, and and you and I, I think, by nature, are sort of activists, right? Like, we're not going to just sit by and watch problems happen. And I think on social media, that is the persona that we've sort of been able to create, is identifying issues that others may relate with and being very authentic about those issues and wanting to do something about them. Uh, but I don't know about you, I there wasn't... I don't think either you and I necessarily started out thinking that whatever we were putting out there was about us. Um, It was about a cause, right? Like for me, it's always been about nursing. I joke with people. I have no hobby. I live, breathe, and think (laughs) nursing, right? And so um, I never went out with the attention of like, oh, this is going to be an influencer kind of thing. It was more like, here's the problems that are so inherently wrong. Somebody needs to do something about them. And gosh darn it, it's time that it was us to do something about it. But I, I don't know how you're feeling about that, but that's how I sort of see it.
0: Yeah, I always see my posts and things I do on social media as education yes. and, uh, and activism, education and activism um, combined to like move the profession forward, move a cause forward, um, let people know that I also feel this way. And, you know, whether you agree or not, (laughs) that's my opinion on this. And I think in some ways it lends, you know, there's power in numbers and it lends credence to whatever topic you're, you know, putting out there and advocating for. And I know, I mean, and we're going to talk about this, the blowback, you know, you get from putting your opinions and uh, voice out there uh, not everybody's going to agree. And I learned a long time ago I mean, I was, I, you know, I was a volunteer with ACT UP back in the day. I did a lot of LGBT aid service advocacy, like not everybody's going to agree with you. And I'm cool with that. Like <laughs> no skin off my back. This is, I'm not going to change my views or opinions um because i'm afraid of what others are going to think or say like i am authentically going to be me and you're going to like it or you're not and i again i know that is not everybody not everybody has the privilege to be able to do that and we've talked about this because some things i I can't say on social media because of the roles, certain roles that I have, but you have been able to do that and you do that. And I respect you so much for that. And I guess I'd love to hear what your thoughts on, on like how that affects you, if it affects you and you know, what blowback looks like. <laughs> if it-
1: yeah, no, I think, and Mary, you hit the, the nail on the head. Authenticity, I think is the, what people really look for. Um, And that's going to be the hardest thing that many of us are going to face when we go out on social is that idea that to stay authentic and true to oneself, it's going to walk you close to the firing line on many different areas. Right. And how do you not uh, walk so close that you're actually going to get fired or lose your job, which I think is probably the fear that actually restrains most of us from actually speaking out on social media. And I'll never forget um, the post that sort of changed my uh, stature on LinkedIn, a friend of mine was a nurse down in Philadelphia had sent me a New York Times article on the state of nursing. And I remember she's like, we need to get this out there. And I remember I started typing this post about all the sins that were wrong in hospital systems. And I remember as I was about to push the button to send this post, I thought this is the post that's going to get me fired. And should I do this? And I, I, hit the post and I said, you know what? Like it needs to be talked about. Like the risk is too big. And I remember I hit the, the submit button and suddenly the post blew up in a way it went viral for the day. The number one post on LinkedIn and all topics. And that was like two weeks later, I get a phone call from LinkedIn and they said, Hey, congratulations. We'd like to make you a LinkedIn top voice. And I thought to myself, "What? wait a second. Like I was certain this was the end of, of, My career as opposed to the start of something different. And I guess that's the message that I would say to everybody else, which is you are going to get intense blowback. And I'm going to let you know that, you know, there's been times that um, all of us have been called into the offices to say, you know, these you have to be careful who you're playing with. You're a representative of X and therefore you can't speak on Y. And the thing that I've always thought and I deal with with my employers or, you know, people that I contract with is is I said, you know what, the truth is, is this is this is who I am. And as soon as we start restricting it, the reality is, is you want some of this, my my leverage or my opinion to rub off on your reputation. The truth is, is you got to take it all. And that's hard, Marion, though. But what about you? Like, I know that you've had a number of platforms, but this is how it went for me. And it was hard.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm very lucky in that I work at an academic institution that embraces academic freedom. That being said, like I do oftentimes want to speak out about certain issues uh, near and far and will at times decide not to because I am not sure how it will appear to, you know, X, Y, or Z organization that I'm affiliated with. I, I hope that ultimately, if it was something uh, critical, I would, I would, I, I'm pretty sure I would voice that. But, um, you know, there it's a fine line. And that's why I, like, I feel for nurses who are at institutions that are being silenced, who want to speak out, but can't risk their jobs, which is why I think, you know, I feel like we have these platforms, and we have privilege. And I have to use my voice in that way as much as I can for as long as I can and as
1: loud as I can, um, because others can't. Ah, that is exactly it, Marion. And I think that that's. That's what I think you and I see it as, right? We recognize that um, others don't have that privilege, and the truth is, if we can't speak out, then we definitely know something's terribly wrong. So we might as well use our platform so that we can represent the issues that absolutely the bedside nurse wants. Now, what you and I don't do is we don't talk on a ten thousand different topics, right? So we're not activating. People write me all the time, "Hey, can you post about this? Can you post about this?" And I've started to realize that. The real the real impact that I have is there's one subject I know really well. And that's the state of the nursing workforce, workforce state on the issues that are driving it, that interests and not. And I think that when I stay true to some of those issues, that's where it's specialized. Now, like you, there are times that I get off on other tracks because I'm not only passionate about nursing, I'm very passionate about women's rights, right? I'm very passionate about elections and what's going on in. There have been times that I have veered off uh, center topics that people look to me to, and those posts fall flat, right? What I realize also, and just some advice to other nurses out there building their social media profile is, you know what? You can't be a jack of all trades and an expert to everybody, right? So pick a topic that you're passionate about and know you want to fight for and can do the greatest because there isn't going to be anybody else out there who's honestly going to be able to 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 go above you in that space in a sense. And that's why you are so incredible in what you do around innovation, around the work that you're doing around scientists, nurses. And um, the truth is, is you're talking about a subject that you're building and knowing inherently. And that is what makes that unique. And when nurses start uh, without, I think the the, the question that we have is like, when nurses go out there to be on social media, um, you need to figure out what's your stance, what's the image you're coming forward on and and what is your bottom line that for me i'm always going to side with the nurse uh, i'm going to have conversations in other ways but the reality is is yeah i'm probably not loved by a vast majority of h- nursing hospital leadership in this country because i'm going to speak truth to the issues that you know are not showing that all the things are budding roses in all environments and and you know in the state of nursing so
0: yeah and i mean it's a great point you have to pick your lane as much as you can be an expert in the area that you're passionate about. Also, like -hmm. those are the two things like expertise and passion. That's what makes for authenticity on social media. People will feel your um, advocacy, feel your passion, feel your, um, you know, your need to talk about whatever area it is that you're Talking about, Um, which leads me to another question. Um, You know, I think, at least for me, I feel like, you know, I play a role or character. It's the same thing as like creating the social media persona. As soon as I'm on, you know, a Zoom call or about to give a talk, I feel like it's like an actor when they're about to go on stage, like something clicks and they are that person. I mean, I feel like over the years, I have become the person I created on social media in (laughs) all these different areas when doing podcasts, when giving lectures. Um, Do you feel like... You this like having this voice in these platforms and creating this, you know, social media, Rebecca Love has influenced who you are off of those platforms also.
1: Yeah, they're just like you, Marion. Right. I I feel like um, I take a deep breath every time before you step on. Right. And it's sort of like you're pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and you're saying, okay, the reason where I'm at is because I've taken on really hard issues and I've stood strong in them Um, because there's a lot of pressure not to there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of comments behind the scenes um, that make you doubt yourself or make you feel, and this is the topic that I think we are harvesting on, that you're an imposter. Like, you know, yeah. why you and why are you qualified? I hear that all of the time from people who are like, you know, Rebecca, why are you qualified to be that person? And that, and that took me a long time to get over. That took me a long time to think, well, then if I'm not qualified, who is? Right. Why is your voice? Uh, More important than mine, because, you know, the truth is, is that I've walked these shoes and I live these lives and I talk to nurses all over the country every day. But there is a lot of shaming, in a sense, for people who start to challenge the status quo. And this isn't just us, right? Like, Marion, we know that throughout history, especially women that have come out bold and bright and innovative, um, one that we're always publicly shamed, and then too many of them have been erased from history, right? This is something that has, and it is it's very specific to gender dynamics, and it's very specific to our profession, nursing. If you look across the history of medicine, right, like nurses have been <laughs> written out of the history books for the last 100 years. So I think that when we step onto these stages, yes, I I take a deep breath, and I think to myself, what is the knowledge that I have that I know I have to get across today? And the truth is, is I'm going to have to look strong, and I'm going to have to look confident. And even if I don't feel that way all the time, the reality is, is I know that if I'm speaking truth to what I believe, the reality is, is I think that's relevant. And and something that we're not talking about here, but I know you and I feel very strongly on too, Marian, is you and I both have daughters. Mm -hmm. And- I've looked back across history, and I realized I saw how far my grandmother's generation could come. I saw how far my mother's generation come. And I look at our generation, and I still see the struggles of how far we're trying to come, both as a profession, as as women, as mothers, um, and realize I'm doing that so that hopefully the next generation of women and it potentially future nurses don't have to fight quite so hard to feel like their voice is equally as important as others at the table. Because right now, we're not. There is no equality uh, when it comes to equality on who has the conversation and who 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 dominates the power within within all of these structures that we play in and and I think that's the fight that we're fighting right now.
0: Yeah, I totally agree, and I am sure your daughter is the same as mine when it comes to one admiring and noticing the fight that we are fighting. But also, my daughter has risen up to be a powerful voice as well. And as a parent, there is nothing I want more than for her to be able to use her voice in that way and have the confidence to do that. Because it took me decades, decades to get that confidence Uh, Never at 18 at her age, um, you know, would I have had the confidence that she has to do what, you know, and speak out on
1: things that she speaks out on now. So. Yes, yeah. And I mean, honestly, I look at the generation of women and young women coming behind us and I, they're already so much savvier, right? They know their persona. They know who they are. Like the amount of influencers on social that are out there that are women are really impressive and they're owning their space. And the question is, is when is it going to be the breakouts of those women who've sort of gone from being influencer for product endorsement to influencer of ideas that's going to drive forward society so that society as a whole is better? And I think that's where we play because you and I aren't on Instagram, right? I I'm well, maybe you are, but we're not out there making TikTok videos and doing these right. things. We're trying to host really important conversations that we find will reach an audience that otherwise has not engaged with nurses professionally at scale.
0: Yeah, and I think um, that generation is getting there. And I think that brings me back to social media and imposter syndrome. Like, social media, for for good or for bad, uh, you know, it has given people, young young people, women, all of us, this space to explore our own voices, to build our own confidence and power and to then use it. You know, for me, social media is so helpful because I am much better when I have a chance to think about what I want to say and put pen to paper as opposed to going out live and speaking about some of these issues. And so I think social media is building A lot of that confidence for some of us who otherwise wouldn't feel like we could do that, would have that imposter syndrome that would stop us from doing that.
1: Yes. And I think, you know what, I think also you made a very interesting point right when you started that without the platforms of social media, right, that would there have been a place for us, right? Would there be as many women representing issues or nurses representing issues? Because one thing that social media does is sort of democratize access to the universe in a way that traditional media never did. And Mm -hmm. so the narratives are starting to elevate and in good and in bad ways. We're seeing this through Mm -hmm. (laughs) where this can be used for bad But I'm hoping that at some point in time, we're going to see we're we're in this experimental generation of what social media can be and what is it's going to do to our society. And I think where I look at you and I and some of the nurses that are out there, I feel like they're fighting for light and truth and honesty and a better world as opposed to divisiveness and issues. And I think those are the things that social media allows. But to your point, how you engage on it. Uh, can give you the confidence you need to become somebody that you otherwise wouldn't have because you're getting this positive feedback cycle. Now you can get a terrible feedback cycle. And what I would just tell you is um, (laughs) there are certain platforms I've totally come off because I was like, you know what? This was a dark hole of like despair. Um, I'm not (laughs) sure. I'm not going to be there. I don't have time to deal with all that negative energy coming my way. So what I would say to people is find the space that doesn't make you feel terrible about yourself. And if you're in some space that everything is dark, get yourself out of that, like get yourself out of that space, because negative energy begets, uh, you know, begets more negative energy. And you really need to be in places that you're going to that's, you know, inspire others to be better with each other.
0: Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great point because I mean I was on Twitter. That's where I started my whole quote unquote influencer movement, um, and I am no longer on Twitter. Really, um, Me and too. I, have, <laughs> I have moved over to LinkedIn, which is a much more collegial, supportive environment, and it's uh, so much better for mental health. Which is another topic I want to talk about. You know yeah. because you, using your voice and getting pushed back constantly can take a toll. Um, in addition, as you're creating these social media personas, you're only putting out there what you want people to see, and so no one knows what else is going on behind the scenes for you. Like I said, like I play a role when I, you know, get on Zoom calls or I do talks. You know, there's a lot of other things going on that people have no idea about. Um, you know, the mental and physical struggles that everyone goes through. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think I'd love to hear a little bit about what that's like for you. I'm happy to share some of my mental and physical struggles over the past couple of years that most people have no idea about, because we create these personas that, you know, everything's all good, which yes. I don't think is healthy or helpful either. And I've tried to speak out more
1: about it, but, you know,
0: yeah, same here.
1: Um, I think you know, Mary and I think to your point, everybody has things we don't know that are going on behind the scenes. And the truth is, is I think sometimes people they create these images of us, you and I, as being super successful financially, you know, uh, totally fit, um, you know, rising in our careers, and it's only going in one direction. People say <laughs> yes to us, we're invited everywhere. People love us. No, not, not. I. wish you say. But that was the the reality of all of our situations. But even just like I had seen you start posting, the beginning of this year, I started to reflect a lot on the posts that I was putting out there and talking about the, the things and the struggles that you overcome with, like still feeling um, that you're failing in parts of your life because you know what? The truth is you can't do everything well. And so being a mother, a wife, a career person, like your own personal passions, your own dreams... The truth is, is that, you know, all of us have gone through times when our marriages have, uh, maybe not everybody, but marriages have been challenged Um, when our kids hate us. Um, Like, I hate to say it. Like, I have two teenagers and an 11-year-old, and I feel like I constantly am falling on my face with them. So hence why I'm not the one out there giving parenting advice, because I truly cannot figure that out. I I joke with my kids all the time when they tell me that I talked and lecture them too much that I'm like, people pay to hear me speak. You should be grateful. (laughs) Well, right, but neither my they don't. My family doesn't appreciate that kind of um, uh, that kind of joking. But I think you and I, um, we push so hard for a better world. Uh, we we internalize the fights that we're doing. Right, like this is personal to us. It's not business. It's, we don't. I wish we pursued money. I wish I could be so motivated by money that I would just take that job and stick with it. Above all else. Um, But the reality is, is that there's things about people like you and I, which is that's not what motivates who we are. Um, So when we don't see change fast enough or we recognize that we just jeopardize something that was internal to us that then disrupted our grounding. Um, that takes us a while to come back on. And I know, Marion, you've you've gone through some things too, because you sent me a great book um that I needed to appreciate, like rest is resistance. I, I just need to stop. <laughs> Maybe take a nap sometimes would be a good thing to recharge. But tell me, you know what you've gone through this too. So what are you know, what are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Like there's so many, there's so many things that um that affect the way that you know you react to things mentally physically and it's some of it's personal like I have put out there that you know I guess it was 2022 was a terrible year for me and um, finishing my dissertation my wife and I have been separated for 10 months I was a physical and mental wreck like anxiety depression but you know on social media, I don't think anybody would have known that, Um, and so partly, you know, I bring this up with you, and to say, like, one, everybody's going through it, and we don't know what we don't know, and so, like, to give each other space, and grace, and support in ways that, um, you know, I think will be helpful to others, and to ourselves, um you know the rest is resistance book a good friend of mine sent that to me when i was struggling and it was so helpful because we are 24/7 365 always <laughs> trying to do things and um you know we don't always have to be doing things we have to be taking care of ourselves and our families you know i have, my perspective has changed significantly over the past, um, you know, six to eight months. Uh, like I was feeling at rock bottom, and uh, you know, I've really tried to change my outlook um, and many other things to get back to the person I want to be in real life, not on social media. And it's a conflict. I don't know about you, but it's a conflict. I started sort of withdrawing from a lot of things professionally, saying no to a lot of things, um, and personally feeling so much better. But now, such a mental struggle that I'm not doing enough. I'm not, like, speaking out enough.
1: So it, it's hard. It's hard. No, it's so funny you say that, Marianne, because um, I do think that my family would look at me and say, you know, you don't put us. First enough, um, you know, you all this other stuff is more important than us. That's a that's a really tough one to balance. Um, And I think there's truth to it. I think that sometimes we think the cause like is going to be more important than what our family's needs are, like showing up at my kids baseball games or soccer games or football games or basketball games like and, you know, being there all those nights of the week, I'm just like, this feels distracting to me. Like, why do I have to sit in a gymnasium for an hour uh, I just, it feels like, you know, I should be doing something different. And to your point, I heard this happens to women, sort of, we, we hit these things, right? Like you hit your forties, uh, and all of a sudden your kids are growing up and you went back to the career and, you know, you were trying to juggle it all. So your career took front and center. And then all of a sudden you realize in a blink of an eye that that entire family that you've had this whole time might be gone in a few years, right? So you try to juggle it and change those things. <sighs> And I'm not quite to the point yet, to your point of saying no. And I've been told that I need to start saying no a lot more. And and I think it's because to you you realize also this other dichotomy is like, well, if I don't stay involved, I don't be, I don't stay relevant.
0: Yes. I talk to my therapist about this a lot. <laughs>
1: So tell me what to do because I I don't have a degree in therapy and I definitely maybe I need a therapist to start visiting with. I'm sure my kids would say yes, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think um, I've yet to figure it out with them, honestly. I, like it makes so much sense when we're talking it through in like our sessions about how like what is relevant and what 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 are your priorities? what is relevant? Why do you need to be relevant? Yes! It's, it's this whole, I mean, and again, I think this is a social media thing. It's this fear of missing out, fear of having that platform of, you know, as much as, I mean, I hate to say it, I do like that people listen to what I say and find value in what I put out there and that I am able to move the needle in some respects in the profession. Like, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to over- um qualify what I put out there. But, you know, I think I hear from
1: folks a lot that they like what I have to say and that feels good. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I mean, we are moving the needle, right? And and that's important. But to your, to your point, there's social media, in a sense, is influence, but it's not reality. Um, right. Reality is the everyday stuff that you do at home and you're fighting about mortgages and you're fighting about, you know, uh, school activities and um, you know, trying to figure out like, are we going on vacation or not going on vacation? And like those little things of day-to-day life that feel monotonous and exhausting. And, and you just are like social media, it's that endorphin hit. That's yep. like, see somebody, somebody heard me. <laughs> like, and what I say as a, a matter as, and it feels like you're doing something bigger than yourselves. And I think we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, And I also think what I've also come to realize is people are like, or like sometimes I I, I don't use the word influencer ever for what I do, because I don't think I influence like it's not I, I would hope. And I think that's why people like what you say, too, is we're really trying to expose a light and we don't talk a ton about ourselves on social media. Right. We pick an issue and then we try to put it out there. And there's other people out there that it is much more about them and their stories. And I think where you and I are evolving is sort of talking more about us as humans to try to help that next generation to feel that, hey, if we've been able to do what we're doing, because I mean, if nobody knows, I don't know who's listening to this, but Mirren, when we first met, right, like I was a community college professor. You were still like figuring at the University of Pennsylvania, but school of medicine with a whole bunch of, you know, things that you guys had to start, but we we were nobody, right? Like, honestly, like, we would be the phone would be hung up on me thousands of times like nobody wanted to talk to me like i had no things like this so that's what got different was all of a sudden through finding each other through building movements but the reaction is is that i think social media you have to build something that is greater than yourself to take those out and that's what it became for us was a network of people who were going to change the way that we had found Uh, nursing and do it differently on terms that we hoped would actually stabilize and grow the profession that we see so much potential for.
0: Right. And, you know, building that community and now allowing others to find that community and not feeling so alone and feeling like they have a support system and a voice and people who can support
1: them. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's where we started FonCiel, right? The Society of New Scientist Innovators and Entrepreneurs and Leaders. We you and I have primarily moved on from that organization, but it is still thriving within that space for others to find each other. And we've now shifted on to other initiatives that we're trying to grow and expand and n- not give up. And I, I not give up where we are, but I've we've seen it happen. Right. We've watched the generation that was before us slowly stepping back and retiring. And the weird feeling is, Marion, it's just like, all of a sudden, I'm like, when you made that post the other day, like, hey, you're OG. And I was like, oh my gosh, did they just call us old guard? Because I still <laughs> see ourselves as like the young people in this movement of trying to do things. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my God, you're right. Like soon we are going to be the old guard. Like I talk to so many nurses now in their 20s and I'm like, oh my gosh, like you guys are am, in, right? <laughs> <Yeah. Crazy. laughs> Darn it, COVID, I'm just blaming it on COVID. Those three years just blinked by. I
0: don't know how it happened, but here we are. (laughs) So
1: what, I mean, Maren, I mean, I think what we want to talk about, like, part of the thing that we wanted to dive in for people who are tuning in is that whatever perceptions we put out there, you and I still struggle a lot with being that person, right? Mm -hmm. Being invited to these rooms. And I think one thing that you should talk about is you sit in a lot of academic spaces, I have now started to sit in a lot of the business spaces where I'm the only nurse in the room. And um, what happens in those rooms? And it is, for me, it has been some of the most you know, uh, humbling experiences of my life, where being a nurse in a room full of people that are non-nurses that are trying to shape healthcare, care uh, is something that I realize a lot of the things sometimes that I express are not understood. And that is a really hard place to be. And I I don't know how it's been for you in academia and and dealing with certain things that go on, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I always find myself in um, what I've been told are sort of like unicorn positions. I'm like a unicorn, right? Like positions are often made specifically for me. And so I don't fit into, I'm not on the faculty tenure track but I'm not technically staff either. I like am in a weird role, which I think is great for me. That's how I thrive. I like to create and I like to, you know, be that square peg that doesn't fit in a round hole. Uh, it comes with positives and it comes with negatives, right? I think as all positions do, like you're saying, I like get not always easy and, um, you know, Sometimes it can lend for my voice not to have the weight it needs in critical situations, mm-hmm. um, but it also allows me to do these different things that we've been talking about and um, have my voice heard in
1: other places that it might not. You know what? That's actually such a good list because honestly, I've sort of been in the same role, right? Like people call me up and they're like, hey, we'd like to hire you as a single contributor. And I was like, what exactly does that mean? And then I realized, hey, if I'm putting into a specific role with specific things, I'm like, you're right. I much rather like give me the freedom to create and and challenge the status quo and break through walls. And I think then then the people that might be tuning in, they're going to ask us, like, how did you find those roles? And I think the truth is is we didn't find them. We just started creating things to happen, right? Like when we couldn't find uh you know events that suited us, we started to host our own events, right? And then, then it attracts others. And then we continue to talk about it on social media and suddenly and but here's here's some things on that you may wonder, how do I engage on social media? That's the way that's gonna grow us. I always tell people on LinkedIn, if you're not comfortable posting or you have this brilliant post, but you realize nobody follows you, so nobody's gonna read it, how you have to start dealing with it is you gotta like other people's posts. Then you got to comment on their posts. Then you got to share their posts with your ideas on top of it. And eventually you're going to start posting your own ideas. And because you built this community of like-minded individuals, you yourself get invited into this community of people who want to share in your thoughts and share in your opinions and more importantly, amplify the conversations that you're having. And that's where I would tell people to engage and how to engage.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's all about engagement. That's the whole point of social media is to have... Find the people that you want to engage with and then make sure that you're interacting with them. Um, And yeah, like you said, using your voice. I will say the other thing I think is really helpful, and I've said this from the beginning, is to have a buddy. Like If you're not sure if what you're posting on there is going to, quote unquote, get you in trouble or maybe taken the wrong way or you're just not sure, Um, Have somebody you trust that you can run it by. I still do that. My sister is my um, go to for this. Um, And she doesn't always understand what I'm talking about. She's not a nurse, but she can tell if it's clear or could potentially make someone uncomfortable. Um, And then you might want to rephrase, or you may not want to post it at all, or, you know, it'll at least give you a sounding board, um, especially when you're first starting out and if you're unsure.
1: Yeah, and you know, I do this um, slightly different. People ask me, how do I get away with posting the information that I I post, right? And the good news is, is, I often link to an article that says it, and I simply summarize it. Now, I'm not, you know, this is factual. It's been researched. It's been published by a a different authority. So that's the other way to approach really difficult issues um, that obviously also allow you to open up those conversations. So I very rarely post on highly, like if I post on, you know, the issues of nurses going on strikes, I'm going to link directly to that strike and pull out the statistics that are in it and then identify where I think further breakdowns are going on. And the truth is, is that's another way to give credibility to the words that you're speaking, because the truth is the question may be asked, why do you have that often? Authority. When you're using somebody else from a credible site to actually be the platform for you to actually stir a greater conversation, you get that authority through showing that you are backing your topic up with the associated information that's relevant to that um, through a non-biased party. So those are kind of the ways to tackle it, too.
0: Yeah, I love that you brought that up because I love how you do that, um, You using your voice, pulling out and backing it with the articles and data that are already published.
1: So it's interesting. So I think, you know, if we're looking at social media as it's coming down the pipeline, Marion, like what advice would you want to give to people that are out there that, you know, you know, our nurses out there, (laughs) let's be honest, they were us not too long ago, right? (laughs) Like, (laughs) not sure who we are, wanted to do something bigger, but nobody would take us seriously or, Um, give us a chance in all honesty. I think that was the big thing is like somebody to give us a shot to prove that we could do something with our lives. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think we have talked about it throughout this whole episode, right? I mean, it starts off with just finding your area of expertise, finding your passion and then building your social media presence around that becoming that nurse expert in that area that gives you the credibility that you need on these platforms to continue to build your influence. And you know, the influence, again, for right or wrong, does lend itself to credibility and does lend you then to become that expert that news media reaches out to, other you know, students, faculty, clinicians from around the globe will reach out to you, ask you to speak, It's like it builds on each other, Um, but it's a slow build and it has to be authentic. It has to be reliable and it has to be relatable.
1: 100%. And one other thing that I can always say to people, too, is when they call me about their jobs and their careers, I said, you know what? The job you have today is likely going to get you the job you have today. The truth is you're going to have to volunteer in the spaces to get you involved in other things. People have to start noticing you and the value that you have. Now, sometimes your jobs will leapfrog and you'll have extraordinary opportunities. But what I always say is show up in those circles of the people that you want to be with that are going to cause those influences. So if you're not with one of your professional organizations, I, I mean, I didn't do those professional organizations, but you can join in and you can volunteer there. But there's also other things that you, you can do to engage differently uh, with society, which is showing up at events that are going to get you places. We talk a lot about hackathons or design thinking events, um, start showing up where there's a community of people, like people that are going to hackathons and design thinking events or, you know, conferences on healthcare, are there not because they're happy with the status quo. They're looking for people to help them drive forward new ideas and make yourself sort of engaged and invaluable in those conversations. And, you know, I'm not going to say that you should not get involved in your major organizations out there in healthcare, but when you're there, recognize that, you know, it It is going to take time for people to also notice you. So if you need to, make your own cohort and your own event and just get going for what you're passionate about because you're going to be surprised how quickly when you put an idea into action that that stepping of a bias towards action, suddenly the universe starts to attract those people as opposed to when you're sitting in your own head constantly, the universe doesn't recognize that as energy.
0: Yeah, and I will say... And I, I'm i going to wrap us up here that also reaching out to mm. us, reaching out to the OG. There is a number of folks on social media in real life, in nursing, in the profession who just want to make it better and yeah. who want to help others make it better and who want to support the new next generation of nurses to make it better. Um, so I will speak for myself. I love when nurses reach out to me and just want to connect and get advice and talk about what they're doing and just, you know, make a friend. So 100%. use use social media, use that the platforms you have for that as well. It
1: doesn't always have to be about speaking up and speaking out, but, you know, it's about community. That's it. So don't be scared to reach out to us because the truth is, is I think Marion and I, I mean, gosh, five nurses a week I tried to speak to. Um, and so many of them have faced to know their entire existence on things that sometimes they just want to be heard and say, hey, I know you got this. Like, you know what? The only thing that stands in the way of your dreams is the fear that we hold ourselves back from actually achieving it. And I still deal with that every single day, wondering if I am good enough to achieve what I hope to achieve one day in life. And if I feel that way, you have to, I bet, I know so many others do too. So it's normal and it's okay. Um, but the one thing that I can tell you is, and I've told this, I shared it with Marion because of some other things, is don't let somebody else define your passions or your dreams and don't fail yourself. Um, and that's going to be hard. And you're going to question it every single day that you're going forward, but you got this. And and if we can help, we'll do it.
0: And if you're not sure, reach out and we will let you know that you do got this. You can. Rebecca, you got this. Thank you for everything you do for the profession, for speaking up. Um, I'm going to remind you that rest is, in fact, resistance. um, And you should start saying no to things. (laughs) I'm going to. That's going to be my new answer. 2024. No, no. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, I just appreciate you talking
1: with me today. Hey, I don't know where I would be today without you, Mary and in my life. And um, I I think that the world uh, is going to be better because of the work nurses are doing and the platform that you're leading. And so thank you for having this conversation with me. And if people have questions, they should reach out to us. And we'll see if we can have any more real heart-to-hearts in the future to address those issues that other nurses wish we would talk more openly about. I would love that. Thank you.